Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's week three of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. You're with Borg and Betts, and you're with a couple of uh, fans that are sitting at 0-2 with their teams. Betts, how's it feel to join my Falcons in Loserville? Oh, it is rough to be an Eagles fan these days. Uh, you know, I, for the listeners, I live up in Vermont, so a lot of people around me are, are New England Patriots fans, and I just, you know... I'm just going to play the replay of the Super Bowl when we finally won against the Patriots because those are better days. It is rough. Uh, we're talking about my Eagles tonight as well as your Falcons, so I'm excited to break that down. But, man, uh, we got to look for some new teams, I think. It's 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 ugly out there. Yeah, I would love uh, to show a replay of our Super Bowl and just stop it. <laughs> There's a certain point where if you just stop the tape um, against New England – Man, I was feeling so good that night, but oh, it's, been rough. <laughs> it's been rough uh, as a fan, but in terms of DFS, I'm super encouraged uh, from the podcast, our listenership, and just some of our picks uh, the last couple of weeks that, honestly, we've talked about on this podcast, we put in the DFS pass, and so it's something that I've felt pretty proud of, uh, some of the things, but what's one lesson, this is our quick question, what's one lesson that you learned in week two bets? Yeah, the process so far has been great. Uh, one thing I learned, though, is to never listen to Kyle's advice in DFS. And I'm <laughs> totally kidding. But uh, peek behind the curtain. Kyle and I were texting on Saturday. <laughs> and, and you should never tinker with the lineup like last minute. And, and the day before, I was like, I feel really great about this cash lineup. I had Deontay Johnson in as a, a sub 5K wide receiver on DK. I was like, he's going to crush this week. Everything looks great. The air yards are there. The targets, the snap percentage. He's on the field a ton running routes. Like, I feel really great about it. I sent my picture of my lineup to Kyle, and he goes, ah, I don't know about Deontay, man. And then I second-guessed myself. Uh, and I'm not blaming Kyle. I, I really am not. But uh, I played Paris Campbell. And to me, the, the lesson I learned about that is, A, trust your gut, but B, don't buy into small sample sizes too much. I mean, we literally have seen Paris Campbell play – one and a half games in the NFL because he missed almost all of his first season in the NFL due to injury. And then he came out and he had a good week one. And we were like, okay, lock him in. Like he's in for targets. And Deontay Johnson is a guy we've seen have more success. So it's so easy to get caught up week to week in DFS on what just happened. But don't forget to have that long-term and kind of long-term outlook in terms of what players have done in their career, whether or not you can trust them. So that is on me to not go with my gut. I should have played Deontay Johnson. I did not cash with that lineup, uh, obviously, with the injury there to Paris. One thing that I've done really well with so far is my cash lineups. And I've shared before in the podcast, I'm mostly a 60-40. Uh, I play more GPPs than cash. But this year, my cash lineups so far have just, they've cashed 100%. Um, so I felt good about my cash, but what I think I've failed to do is to have a tighter core group that I pick from each week. I feel like I've kind of expanded for tournaments just to cover all my bases. So last week I had way too much Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry had 84 yards, but didn't find the end zone. He's yet to find the end zone yet this year, but he leads the league in rushing attempts. I mean, they're going to come. He's going to fall into the end zone. He's just too big. He's too good. So for me, it's finding a tighter core and just committing to that. So for running backs in tournaments, you know, pick pick maybe four to, to six running backs and just stay with it. So Aaron Jones was one of the people that we called out last week, and I loved him for tournaments. And I had him in a lot of places, and I, I did pretty well. But I didn't have enough of him. And I think it's because I was so convinced that I needed Derrick Henry um, there's nothing worse than fading Derrick Henry and then just seeing 200 yards get piled up <laughs> on you. So if I would just say in terms of tournaments, mixing and matching is super important to, to make sure that you're finding those wide receivers that can go off for a hundred yards. But with your running backs, you know, pick your four or five guys last year or last week, I was mostly against CMC. Um, I didn't have a ton of Saquon either, so I started off pretty well, but uh, it, it didn't go so well when um, I had Derrick Henry probably at 50% of my lineups. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I played way too much Derrick Henry, and it's not because he was a bad play. He was a great play, but like you're talking about, you know, football, there's just so much variance, so you have to factor that in to your 
your group that you select and if you go all in on a player uh that can really come, come back to bite you if he has a down week so yep that's a that's a great lesson for uh the listeners you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg and Betts is at the Fantasy PT. We'd love to talk any DFS questions, especially when the podcast comes out um, from Friday until lock on Sunday. You know, love to answer any questions, kind of give our thoughts and point you to our DFS pass, which right now you can go online, $60. We think it's a great value. Um, and we think it's a great value because the picks that we have, especially for FanDuel and DraftKings are found in the DFS pass. We, we put those there because those are the ones that we're actually putting money behind. So if you're putting your money, uh, at the fantasy footballers, we think that it's worthwhile. So you can go online at ultimatedfspass.com. And if you want to head on over to iTunes, if you want to subscribe and review, we're going to pick next week one of the next people that reviews this podcast, give us those five stars. Tell us what you like about the podcast. And one of those people will pick to have a zoom chat with Borg and bets. And uh, we'll set up a little 20, 30 minute chat just to talk about lineups uh, before long. Be yeah. And just, you know, sit together, maybe have a drink or something. I'm enjoying tonight. A uh, cranberry sour ale uh, courtesy of my, my friend, Danny, who works at a brewery. Shout out Danny. Um, yeah, just sit, have a, have a drink with us and just get to talk football, which, um, sounds really great. So, um, without further ado, let's get into the main slate. State of the main slate. I wanted to explain once again, if you've listened to the DFS pod in the past, why we're doing it this way. And so in the past on this podcast, we've, Uh, Mostly just shared just straight, these are our picks for FanDuel and these are our picks for DraftKings. And in one way that that's helpful, if you just want to listen and tell someone like, hey, this is this is what you should do. The problem, there's so much variance in DFS. There's so much variance week to week. And so the the classic adage that we want to just give is we're trying to give you a fishing pole here. Like we're trying to teach you how to fish. And the best way to do that is to look at these matchups and figure out a way to kind of decipher that. So just what do you think so far in terms of our approach two weeks in bets, why it's important to to look at the slate this way? Yeah, I think so far you talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, just like having uh, more confidence in this approach because it's worked so far for us in the past couple of weeks. I mean, we're looking at these games, and and one of my articles that I write up in the DFS Pass each week is looking at the Vegas lines and how we attack those matchups because it's so, so important to get the right matchups that you want to play these players in for DFS. And you know, that's that's the key with these with this talk is what matchups, what games are we looking at to, to stack for tournaments? What you know, what is the best value play basically with these matchups? It's not necessarily the best overall wide receiver to play or the best quarterback to play. That's all in the DFS pass. So it's, it's a perfect compliment, I think, to to those picks. And if you're looking for specifically just advice, like who do I play in cash? Who do I play in tournaments? Um, which site do I play them on? That's where you find that. But this is the way to really get a leg up. I, I don't think there's a lot of DFS shows out there that are doing it this way and i found it to be really really beneficial looking at the slate this way when you build a foundation around these games and these contests um i I just think it's it's huge so yeah it's it's a great way to to go about doing it yeah and it's it's fun to be able to look at each matchup and see how important they are so when you're when you're constructing your lineups on any of these websites you're crossing off games that honestly aren't going to do that much in terms of you know, in terms of fantasy, in terms of their over under, you're trying to narrow your field to find out who are the best plays this week. And so that's why we talk about these five games. Um, We have all of our other picks online and feel free to message us. But I think this is actually a long-term solution for people if they want to build good lineups. And so the first game this week we're going to talk about is Dallas Cowboys at the Seattle Seahawks. This game has a 55 and a half over under and the Seahawks are five and a half point favorites at home. So you know, it feels like every single week we're talking about Russell Wilson and for good reason. The dude's been out playing out of his mind so far. He has 11 incompletions on the season and nine passing touchdowns. So he's crazy. <laughs> he's in a different stratosphere. And the crazy thing is, is he's severely underpriced, especially on DraftKings. He's 7,300. Yes. He should be in the 8,000s on DraftKings. So um, he's an easy cash game lock. But what's your general feel on this game? 
Yeah, we've been talking a lot about uh, these two offenses. We talked about the Cowboys last week. We talked about Seattle the week before. They were playing on Sunday night, so they weren't in the main slate for last week. But yeah, the story is the same with these offenses. They are highly efficient. They are very good. They have a ton of great pass catchers that we can use in stacks. Um, good running back. So there's lots to love about the matchup. But what I love most is just that Dak and Russ are both ranking top five in passing yards. Meanwhile, both defenses rank bottom 10 in pass yards allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So we're looking at a matchup highest over under on the board. You're expecting a lot of back and forth. This is the type of game that you want to build around. I'm really, really excited about both the Cowboys and Seattle in this matchup, specifically Seattle. Because, man, that Cowboys secondary is banged up. They are out without Leighton Van Der Esch. We talked about him last week. Hayden Hurst came through in a huge way without him. Their slot cornerback is on IR. They might be without Chidobi Awuzie, who is currently dealing with nice. a hamstring injury, which is really tricky to say. I practiced for 10 minutes before the show. Um, and so you're looking at a situation where DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going to be playing against potentially third-string corners. I mean... Come on, man. And Russ, yeah, yeah. Give me all the Seattle Seahawks in this matchup. These teams also don't rush the passer very well. And so you're looking at a game where 55 just feels like not enough um, when they're going to go back and forth. You saw what the Cowboys did last week uh, against the Falcons, and you saw what the Seahawks did on Sunday Night Football against the Patriots. So, yeah, offense, offense. I mean, that that's why you attack this game. You really need to get this game right in a tournament because this is the game where there's going to be so many points. So you mentioned Leighton Van Der Esch out and at tight end, like, I don't mind Greg Olson in a tournament. I don't, I don't mind him. He's, he's a punt play, but yeah, you want to go with Tyler Lockett. Uh, I like Lockett on DraftKings and I'd rather have DK Metcalf on FanDuel. So uh, Metcalf had 14 targets last week and he's just perfectly made for FanDuel scoring. Um, Chris Carson had an increase in usage last week. Do you feel like he's in the mix for you? It's tough, right? Because Chris Carson is a guy who, to this point, has made his uh, his day in fantasy through the air, which is really not his you know calling card, so to speak. So he's catching touchdown passes, and certainly a running back is going to regress in that specific category um, at some point in the season. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but at some point, we can't expect a receiving touchdown from Chris Carson every single week. So, I mean, when you have a game that's this high of an over/under. He's certainly in play. I mean, any player that's that's on either of these teams with that type of over-under is in play. But I don't think I'm going to build around Chris Carson this week. If I'm going to build around Seahawks, it's going to be Russ with Lockett and Metcalf. On the other side of the football, it's hard with the Cowboys because they have three receivers that are all really, really good and actually affordable in terms of their salaries. I just feel like I'm going to pick the wrong one. Is this the week that we have something for Michael Gallup? His price has decreased on FanDuel. He's only $5,700. Um, he's only $100 more on both sides uh, than CeeDee Lamb. So is Michael Gallup there? Do you think people will be fading him? I do. And for me, if you're playing in GPPs this weekend, he's the play. I mean, we saw CeeDee Lamb come out, have a great game. Most casual DFS players are going to say, okay, Amari Cooper is the one, so I have to have him. And Michael Gallup, if we're being honest, and you're just looking at box scores, box uh, box scores, relative to expectation three weeks ago in draft season, and we're talking redraft leagues, has disappointed, right? I mean, he hasn't come out and he hasn't found the end zone, but we can't forget he still has 30% of Dak's air yards. That matters so, so much. I mean, you look at, I mean, the passing attack from Dak recently has just been so, so good. I'm going to have a lot of Michael Gallup in tournaments this week. Um, I think he's a great play here where people are off of him, right? CD Lamb is the new hotness. Everyone loves the rookie. Oh, yeah, let's forget about Michael Gallup, who, by the way, last year was the same player as Amari Cooper. So I'm not fading Michael Gallup again in GPPs. He's going to be one of my targets for sure this week, especially on FanDuel at 5,700. Great price there. With Zeke, you know, last week Dak had the three rushing touchdowns, but he still got there. He still was was a great play last week. For me, Zeke is the top running back play on the slate. Uh, especially with McCaffrey and Saquon off the board. it, it I want to attack this game with Russ and Lockett and then Zeke and then just call it a day. Maybe mix in some Gallup. And if I'm really crazy going Olsen, 
but yeah, you you have to have this game in your tournament lineups for cash. There's three or four players that honestly you could say I'm going to go with this person. Russ is only a hundred dollars more than Dak, and I just trust him. So Russ yep. is my cash game quarterback this week. What's your feel on the Vegas line? Well, real quick before we move on, I want to ask you a question: Are you comfortable with Ceedee Lamb again in cash? His price went up, I think, on on DK specifically. Um, seven hundred dollars after last week. Russell Gage in the slot in week one went nine for one fourteen against this defense, and Julian Edelman uh, the other night eight for one fifty nine. Your thoughts on Ceedee Lamb? Yeah, Marquise Blair, their slot corner is out for the rest of the year, and so you know whoever they're replacing him with, I haven't looked this up yet. Uh, it, it's it's worse. So yeah, Lamb's still affordable. He's still someone in cash that I don't mind. I just feel like he's getting more and more popular. That it, you know, it's probably going to be Cooper and Lamb, and then Gallup's probably the the lowest rostered player. So still like Lamb, I just like thinking about Gallup because I know he's got a bad taste in people's mouths. Yep, I'm with you on that. Um, as far as the game outcome, looking at the Vegas spread, I'll take Dallas with the points. I've seen it on some places at five and a half, some places six, but I think this is going to be a game that's actually closer than six. I mean, a full touchdown against Dak. We saw what happened last week. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> but this team is capable of putting up points in bunches. I'll take Dallas here uh, to cover that spread. Last week when I was watching the game, uh, there was one moment where I was like super confident, like, wow, we are just throttling the Cowboys. <laughs> and then probably five minutes later, nothing had changed. The score had not changed at all. I just knew that we were not in a good <laughs> position. Um, it is amazing that Dan Quinn you know, always finds a way to uh, disappoint, but I feel like he usually wins when his back's against the wall. But uh, something's got to change. And we'll get to that Falcons game, but I'm with you. Take Dallas uh, five and a half. These are two playoff teams, honestly. So uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun matchup. Next one is those 0-2 Detroit Lions face the surprising 2-0 Arizona Cardinals, this game has a 54 and a half over under and the Cardinals are five and a half point home favorites. I love the pace that this game uh, could play out because right now Cardinals are leading the league in no huddle rate. That's per Pat Thorman of Establish the Run. He said that and uh, they just putting off a ton of plays. This is the Cardinals that we wanted. This Kyler is playing out of his mind. He's really, you know, behind Russ and maybe Josh Allen, he's been through two weeks, someone that's in that conversation and Hopkins has just looked incredible. So I love the Cardinals in this game, but with Kenny G coming back, I just, I think this game can hit the over any thoughts about Kenny G and just injuries, anything we should worry about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you always worry about a a speed wide receiver coming off of a hamstring strain. Obviously he hasn't played in the first two games. So this is going to be his first game of the season. I do expect him back for this matchup. Um, They came out to the media, the coaching staff and said that he was close last week. How true was that? We need to see. So obviously, you know, listeners, this comes out on Friday. Be sure to check the injury report all week. Uh, By the way, check out jointhefoot.com. I do an injury podcast each week on there, uh, the injury blitz podcast. So I'm going to talk more about that on Friday. But Back to Kenny Galladay. If he's in there this week, I mean, I'm very excited about Matthew Stafford as a very contrarian uh, GPP type of play. Again, you talked about the pace. We expect Kyler um, and company to put up points. And we've we've seen glimpses from Matthew Stafford in the first two weeks, but he just hasn't had it, that it factor, right? Like the next player to get up and take him over the hump, that's Kenny Galladay. And last season... I mean, Matthew Stafford chucking the ball deep in Dara Bevel's system was just money. He was so, so good. This season, though, only 10.7% of his pass attempts are 20-plus yards downfield. Last year, that was over 20%, and the main reason why is no Kenny Galladay. So if Kenny G is out there, um, I'm really excited about a stack of Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones, and then you know, bring it back with Christian Kirk or DeAndre Hopkins or vice versa. If you go Kyler and one of his receivers, you know, you can bring it back with one of the receivers on uh, Detroit. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about this game, to be honest with you. I'm calling this is the week of Marv. I think it's time for my boy Marv to show out. I was on him all off season. I know you were too, but it's 5,800 on DK. I, he's just better when Kenny G's in the lineup. And yes, they kind of seesaw back and forth. And so it will be frustrating if you depend on these guys in cash, I, I don't recommend that. But 
for tournaments. It's really fun when you have one of these guys go off because when they score, they usually score in bunches with two touchdowns or so. But I can see Marvin Jones being rostered in maybe three or 4% of lineups and for tournaments, that's super fun. On the Cardinals side of the ball, why have we not talked about Kenyon Drake that much this year? He's been just okay for fantasy. Is this a matchup that we want to use him in? Yes, we absolutely do. His price has gotten really intriguing on DK, especially at just $6,000 over on Fandle. He's a, he's a good play too at 6,500. This game, right? Like high over under, almost the same as the Dallas Seattle game. It's 54 and a half points. So again, you expect points to be put up in bunches, but He's got 22 touches last week against Washington, and he's looked good in his touches. He just hasn't found the end zone, right? And and this week, I think he's a top five play against Detroit. I mean, case in point, look at what Aaron Jones did last week. They're giving up almost seven yards per carry and more than 350 rushing yards total this far. Like, yeah, Detroit, you know, defensive front is just not good. You can run against this team. They spread you out in Arizona. There's going to be rushing lanes for both Kyler and Kenyon Drake. I think Kenyon Drake is is arguably kind of like last week, right? With with uh, Aaron Jones, has got a very great pivot off of a Kyler DeAndre stack, and you can go with Kenyon Drake, and maybe he could have the smash week. I'm really excited about Kenyon Drake here in Week Three. Dude, you literally stole the words right out of my mouth when I looked at this slate and I was looking at the the salaries and the pricing for that first look article I do on Tuesdays. Kenyon Drake stood out to me at that price at 6,000. He's the RB 16 on DK. And that's disrespectful to this man who led me to a dynasty fantasy championship last year. I just want to tell that to everyone. Uh, Borgononi's jabronis. We, uh, we somehow came <laughs> that's a great out name. <laughs> uh, me and my brother, we, uh, we're co-owners. And so it's, uh, it's super fun, but yeah, 6,000. He looks like someone that can break the slate. He, will have some uh, roster percentage. I could see him around 15 plus. Um, so I don't think that we're just like the only people talking about Kenyon Drake this week, but he's a really good play. Like we said, Aaron Jones destroyed this team last year. And so if everyone's on Kyler and Hopkins, if you want to go the other way, or if you want to go Kyler and Kenyon Drake and, and kind of mix it up, I don't mind. But Hopkins, once again, he's a cash game play. Those Lions cornerbacks are still just completely decimated, right? Yep. Still dealing with injury. Desmond Trufant did not practice again uh, today. He missed last week. They're, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's a green light for DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to come out and absolutely smash. What about Christian Kirk? He's basically done nothing, it feels like, but leads Arizona in air yard share. Interested? Yeah, I've talked about Kenyon, or, uh, Christian Kirk Excuse me, a couple weeks in a row and I'm going to talk about him again. <laughs> it's coming eventually, right? Like you watch him on tape, he's getting open, but he just hasn't connected with Kyler. And so, yes, every everyone and their mother is going to say, oh, DeAndre Hopkins, yep, best receiver in the league. Let's go ahead and put him in the lineup and I'll stack him with Kyler. But that's going to be a very, very popular stack. So again, in cash, yes, play DeAndre Hopkins. In a tournament, a nice pivot off of DeAndre Hopkins is Christian Kirk. Again, he still leads them, like you said, in the air yard share, which is uh, potentially predictive of success down the road. It's going to come eventually. <laughs> I'm just going to say it every week until it happens. Yeah, I'll, pl- I'll play a little Christian Kirk this week. In case you were getting a little frisky, do not play any Lions running backs. Um, actually, that would be pretty good advice since Barry Sanders. So, you know, go 20, 25 years and just completely fade all of their running backs. Although there was a, there was a period where Theo Riddick was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, PPR as, leagues. He was locked in every week. <laughs> he, he, he was the dude. And TJ Hawkinson, if you remember last year, he lit up the cards in week one, but that was a long time ago. But uh, I don't mind him. He's he's fine with Galladay coming back, though. I His ceiling's way down. But overall in this game, what do you like? I like the over. I mean, it's mostly because of the pace, and then we get um, Kenny G back in the lineup. Yeah, I'll, so I'll take the over smooth. in this matchup. Oh, Gosh. the smoothest. <laughs> I I traded for Kenny G in one of my leagues this year, and I told my wife, who really cares a lot about you know my, my teams, that one of the main reasons to do this is just so that you can use Kenny G gifs like over and over and over and over again. And she actually th- kind of thought that was cool. She's like, well, that makes sense, <laughs> but that's not the same guy. They don't have the same hair. Uh, that's cool. 
Yeah, I like the over <laughs> 54 and a half. Um, give me Kyler to, you know, put up 35 himself. Uh, that should be good. All right, this one is a game that I've been thinking about over and over again because at first it, it looks like two defensive teams, uh, but these teams have been airing it out and pushing the pace. It's the Los Angeles Rams at the Buffalo Bills. Both of these teams are 2-0, and and they look good. The Rams have looked way better than I thought they would this year, and the Bills escaped somehow this past week. Uh, things got close against the Dolphins, but Buffalo is two-point two home favorites. The total is 47.5, and, and Josh Allen is just playing out of his mind. Andy, if you listen to the main podcast, put Josh Allen down as his MVP pick, and he looks like a genius right now. Josh Allen, is he an every-week play? Until we see otherwise... Yes. Now, granted, it's been against the Jets and the Dolphins. So, you know, it is what it is. But we got to give the man some credit. He is playing out of his mind. And it's not just with his legs. He looks good throwing the football. Stephon Diggs has been um, a revelation for that offense. And and arguably, I think he and John Brown pair up as one of the most like underrated wide receiver rooms in the NFL, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I'm in on Josh Allen. I mean, it is a tougher matchup on paper. You know, Dak came out and was the the QB 19, Wentz the QB 26 against this defense. So maybe you say, oh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll fade Josh Allen this week. I think people are going to be off of him, and, and I actually kind of like him in this matchup. There's going to be a ton of pace. Um, the Bills ranking fifth in neutral situation pass rate. It's only a two-point spread, so we're expecting a close game. If that's in play, Josh Allen's still going to be chucking it deep, and, and that's really intriguing, especially in, in tournaments. Yeah, between Diggs and Brown uh, on FanDuel, there's only $500 difference. So uh, Contrarian would say play John Brown because Diggs kind of gets the... But Brown's been just as good this year. Diggs does move around. He has got he plays in the slot about almost a third of the time. So with Jalen Ramsey, um, that's something you need to consider. But uh, I wouldn't cross these guys off your board this week. The running backs, I just stay away. I just never want to click Devin Singletary or Zach Moss's name. Moss could fall in the end zone, you know, and and for FanDuel. But I Josh Allen's their goal line back. We know that right now. And when he's throwing 45 plus times a game, he's a threat on DraftKings to go 300 and run for 100, which there's really only him and Lamar Jackson could really honestly do that. So um, the Bills are a fun team. And, and a lot more fun than I thought they would be. I think most people thought they would just be a ground and pound team. Um, I even threw out Tyler Croft's name because Dawson Knox might miss with a concussion, but he's just a dart throw at best for me. And yeah, the Bills are just a different team than what we've seen in the past. They're running fast, but on the other side of the ball, the Rams are by far the fastest team in the league in terms of seconds per play in first half of games. I mean, they are just pushing it. Goff looked great last week. I played him in a couple of tournaments. Who do you like on the Rams side? Yeah, both guys are in play. I mean, every week, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are in play, no doubt about it. Tyler Higby came out last week, smashed my Eagles for three touchdowns. So they definitely are in play. Of course, with Robert Woods, we have the revenge game. You got to play here, him. Which matters so, so much. So definitely he's a lock in every lineup. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, I like Cooper Cup, though. If I'm, I'm forced to pick one. Give me Cooper Cup, who, again, kind of like Michael Gallup, has been, you know, playing second or third fiddle on the team, like kind of flying under the radar. But, you know, you put this in the show doc, like Buffalo has been giving up huge games to slot receivers. Yes, Mike Kosicki is a slot receiver. Eight for 131 and one. Jameson Crowder, seven for 115 and one. Yeah, Cooper Cup is is very underrated, I think, this week. He's a great GPP play. People will see Buffalo on the matchups and they will run away. They will look at that and look at Tredavious Wright. So um, Cup is lining up in the slot almost 57% of the time. So I I really like him a lot. He's only 6,300 on DraftKings. So it's 200 more than, than Woods. And I could see Cup coming in under 5%, you know, maybe two because nobody wants to play against Buffalo. So for me, it's pretty simple. It's Allen. And then you pick one of the receivers and on the other side, you're basically saying cup. And I think that's a great stack. The game, like we said, is 47 and a half point. 
over under. And then instead of Cup, if you wanted to do Higby, that makes a ton of sense. He's the tight end one in terms of pricing if Kittle doesn't play uh, on FanDuel. So you'd really have to pick your spot on on where he is. But uh, it's either Higby or Cup. And uh, man, give me the over in this game. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, over. The pace in this game is going to be great. I'm actually really surprised it's 47 and a half. I would expect us to come in at like 49 or so. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm definitely going over. So if Cam Akers, who has a rib injury, and Malcolm Brown are out, is Daryl Henderson Jr. someone you would consider in cash? I think you potentially could. I Again, I mean, if we're talking cash, he'll be very chalky, which is fine. It doesn't really matter in cash. Um, you know... I, He's a guy who I've been really in on and then out on multiple times throughout the last two years. I was really excited about him coming out of Memphis, just explosive as heck with the ball in his hands. Uh, the Rams are running the most uh, run plays in terms of run percentage in the NFC through two weeks. So that's really intriguing. Um, but I just, I don't know. It just, you, I've gotten burned multiple times by like going, okay, chalk, cheap running back that, isn't as good of a play as the others others guys are. So I'll have a little bit of him if those two guys are out, but I'm not going to like build around him, if that makes sense. Yes, and with running backs this week, this is super important. There are some cheapies out there, and we're going to talk about them, but because Saquon and because CMC are off the slate, you kind of have this uh, shift up. Like th- There's this thing when you look at the top running backs and you go, oh, who's the fourth best running back in the NFL? You know, is it is it Dalvin Cook? Is it Aaron Jones? Is it Josh Jacobs? Like everybody gets pushed up just a little bit. And so with that, the high priced running backs are usually the ones we want to lock in, maybe one or two of those in our lineups. But you're also looking for those guys that can save you some salary. And so if it's Henderson this week, uh, I totally get it. You know, there's gonna be other guys that are pretty popular. Jarek McKinnon at forty nine hundred. Uh, on DraftKings is going to be a play that people want. It's going to be around 20, 25% maybe in tournaments. Um, We're going to talk more about Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor is going to be a popular dude. He's, he's still not priced up where he should be. So with with running backs this week, you know, those are, those are some people, Mike Davis, you know, is 5,100. He's going to be super popular. Uh, I just think we need to think about running backs in a way where, who are the two or three guys that we're putting in our lineups? And it's probably one cheapie, but don't do not do two in a lineup. That's not going to work out well. Yep, I'm with you. All right, let's talk about your 0-2 Eagles. 0-2, man. <laughs> Did you have to really just emphasize that? <laughs> the same record as the Cincinnati Bengals. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so one of these teams, uh, man, what if the Bengals... What if the Bengals win this thing? They don't, were super fun. Don't put that evil on me, Kyle. Come on. <laughs> they, they were super fun to watch just from an NFL fan standpoint last Thursday night. But uh, Eagles are six and a half point home favorites. The total is 46 and a half. And um, these teams just so far this year have drastically different styles. I mean, Cincinnati is running at a blistering place. They have 155 scrimmage plays. That's the most in the league. And the Eagles so they've lost twice, are 30th in pace when trailing. So your boys have been slow. That uh, literally makes zero sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which tells it, you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, why, so just pause for a second. Let's talk as NFL fans. Um, is your team just going to even survive this season, Like just like health-wise? Oh, dude, no, we're not. I mean, the offensive line issues... Alshon Jeffrey is still not back from the Liz Frank injury. Jalen Rager dislocated his shoulder, had an injury in, in training camp. Oh, and by the way, he just tore a ligament in his thumb. He's going to be out multiple weeks. So, uh, man, it's it's rough. It's rough sledding out there for Eagles fans. All right, over under on Deshaun Jackson games. Three more. What do you take? I mean, based off the track record and how the season has gone so far, I think you have to hammer the under. The optimistic side of me says, let's go over and let's play him in some GPPs this week. Yeah, and with Carson Wentz, that first week against Washington, I mean, he got sacked eight times. Luckily, since he, you know, doesn't have an opposing defensive front. And so hopefully he'll get some relief this week on DK. He's only 5,800. Are you considering him in GPPs? I certainly am, and it's mostly because people know that the Eagles are not good this year. 
and I'll be the first to admit it, watching the games very closely. But sometimes we can benefit from that in DFS because people will kind of fade those offenses that have potential. I mean, the Eagles obviously have potential. We were talking about them as a top 12 offense entering the year, all things considered health-wise, and then things just fell apart. But yeah, I'm playing Carson Wentz in GPPs. Um, he's been better than the numbers suggest. He just hasn't had a lot to, to deal with uh, as far as pass catchers and as far as offensive line help. But again, since he can't get to the quarterback, he's going to have time in the pocket. We expect points in this game. We're going to talk about the over-under in a second. And then again, I like pairing him with Sean Jackson, who again has been a little bit of a disappointment you know, through two weeks. But look at the snap counts, right? 38% in week one came out. I don't know why he wasn't out there, but they said, all right, in week two, we're going to get him on the field. They did 77% of the snaps. He's got a 37% air yard share. There's no one on Cincy that can keep up with him. I love Wentz Deshaun Jackson stacks this week in GPPs. Yeah. And Miles Sanders is probably going to be the most popular running back in my opinion this week. So we're telling you to start him. We're telling you he's a cash game lock at 6,400 on DK. If you're in tournaments, if you did Miles Sanders and let's say Kenyon Drake, you're getting two running backs that really should be priced probably $1,000 higher. And so you have enough in there on DraftKings, which is a much harder website to fit in all the studs. You can do those two running backs and maybe even fit in a Derrick Henry or, or a Zeke or I don't know, Dalvin Cook, and you're totally fine. You can still build out a roster. So that's a running back that I will have in a lot, probably my in my cash game lineup right now, since he just bleeds uh, points to the running back position. So I like Miles Sanders. He's a cash game lock. I don't know. This is so frustrating. I don't know what to do with those tight ends. I feel like I'm always going to pick the wrong one between Ertz and Goddard. So I mostly just stay away. Do you have any thoughts on them? I think it's totally fair to honestly play an equal amount of both. Um, you know, Zach Ertz, again, has kind of been a disappointment. This entire Eagles offense has been, to be honest with you. And, you know, people don't view Zach Ertz the way they did three weeks ago in drafts where he was being drafted as the tight end three or four in your league if we're talking redraft leagues. So, yeah, he's super cheap. 5,100 on DK, 6,200 on FanDuel. It just feels like a Zach Ertz week. I don't know why, but... Um, I'll play both Zacherts and Dallas Goddard, who, you know, with Goddard, eight plus targets in five straight games, if you look back to the playoffs, and he's just $4,900 on DraftKings. So if you're looking to, quote unquote, punt the position, I mean, Dallas Goddard is a great salary saver, uh, especially on Fandle, $5,200. Give me a break. Yeah, I'll play both these guys this week. Can I interest you in some Drew Sample uh, on the Bengals You side? can. You absolutely can. We talked about Goddard being a salary saver. How about $3,500 on DraftKings or sub 5K on FanDuel? I mean, that is like pennies for what he could provide in terms of fantasy points. Yeah, he had nine targets last week. If you don't know who Drew Sample is, that's okay. Uh, most people just found out who he was, but he was a second round draft pick of this regime last year. Zach Taylor's first in the league as a head coach. So they like this guy out of Washington. Uh, he stepped in for CJ Uzama. He looks like he's the guy. And if Joe Burrow's throwing 61 times again, uh, give me Drew Sample. The biggest issue I've had with him is I, I'm trying to figure out what his nickname is going to be. And I'm not usually responsible for those. I, I, I do that sometimes in our show docs, but I feel like he's a nickname waiting to happen. Uh, I feel like there's something there that says uh, he is the sampler. He's the platter. There's something there that I that I need uh, with Drew Sample. So uh, if you got something, just let me know. But he might hey, be... Hey, listeners, if you if you come up with a great uh, nickname for Mr. Drew Sample, you put it in the Apple podcast review, we might be biased if we pick you for the contest <laughs> to do the Zoom call. Just saying. Just saying. Drew, Drew Sample didn't know that he was such a popular guy. I'm sure this week in, in fantasy football, like his mentions have gone through the roof and his family's happy for it. But... On the rest of, of the Bengals side, uh, the wide receivers are interesting for GPPs. AJ Green, I did a full, <laughs> I won't even call it a film analysis. It was, here's his targets last week. And a lot of them were just out of reach. There's just a little bit that was off. And he's leading the league in air yards. So that's got to count for something. But a lot of those air yards were Joe Burrow, five yards over his head. AJ Green, I like him in tournaments. I think he's going to come in around two or 3%. And that's something I like, especially in a game 
that can score some points. Thoughts on green? Yeah, I think, I mean, that was great, honestly, guys. Follow uh, Kyle on Twitter <laughs> at Kyle underscore Borg uh, for that. But yeah, it, it was great. It, it really opened our eyes to, you know, if you didn't watch Thursday Night Football last week, maybe you missed it or maybe you just looked at the box score. It, it really showed, I mean, it's so close to AJ Green coming out and actually being um, great for fantasy. He's so, so close. So I like the GPP play. Um, this week for AJ Green against the Eagles. Again, we can't stop anyone <laughs> through the air. 22 targets through two games. I mean, he is going to connect with a touchdown pass at some point soon with Mr. Joe Burrow. So yeah, I, I like that call quite a bit with AJ Green. And, you know, I did that AJ Green. I did a T.Y. Hilton video montage. And then I also did one because I traded away CMC. And so it was kind of a just. That's <laughs> really funny. I like that one. It was just a <laughs> the good. The caption buy. was the best. <laughs> yeah, it was. I told my wife it was the way that I coped with trading away Christian McCaffrey, which I don't think she understood. Like this is Christian McCaffrey trading away someone who is three players, four players, and one is is so sad. But it was the right thing to do. So yeah, go on Twitter. You can see my little video montage and and song to. To Christian McCaffrey. What about Joe Mixon, though? <laughs> Getting back to this game. Joe Mixon, is he going to get the passing work that we want for DFS? It's tough, man. I mean, he, he got four receptions last week for 40 yards. So on the surface, that looks great. But the reality is Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times last week. I don't think that happens again this week. I mean, if it does, it'd be fun. But he's still getting subbed out for Geo on two-minute drills. Um, you know, an obvious like third and long situation. So that's tough. And then you look at this Eagles defense, the one area we're actually good is stopping the run. They're allowing just 3.7 yards per carry on the season so far. So yeah, it's tough, man. I think better days are ahead, certainly for Joe Mixon, but I'm not going to have him much this week in DFS. You can play Tyler Boyd. He's a safe play. He's, you know, he's getting the type of routes and the work from the slot that you want. It seems like Joe Burrow really prefers him a lot. The defenses, though, you put this note in here, and I think it's a great, great idea. These defenses are the type of contrarian plays that you want in tournaments. We've kind of said this before. If you're doing tournaments, you want four to five defenses that you're just saying, I'm going all in on, and you might get it right, but really defenses are so hard to predict. They're Bengals are 2,600 on DraftKings, and the Eagles are 2,800. The Bengals are just going to be one of those one or two percenters. Uh, no one's really playing. But yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Eagles. I think they are going to be a li- little bit more uh, popular. I could see them being somewhere around 10, 10 plus. But uh, yeah, these defenses, I don't mind. Let's yep. Let's talk about this pick. Are you going to pick your Eagles? Oh, Lord, uh, I am not. Uh, I think since he's going to keep this closer than we think, I still think the Eagles win. I mean, come on. But, I, you know, a touchdown or... Even sometimes you're seeing it, some books, six and a half, seven. Like, yeah, I think since he's going to keep it close. And I think the over is one of my favorite bets. If you're, you know, if you're listeners, if you're a sports gambler, this is one of my favorite calls in the entire weekend. I've already bet this myself. So I'm in on the over here for the Cincy and Philly game. Is there something about having your team being a part of it and saying, we need to put up points this week? I don't want defense. <laughs> That is part of it, I will say. Um, but objectively speaking, it's just the pace, man. Like it, two bad defenses. The pace is there. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm very excited about the over. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, I put hammer the over on this one. I, I like it. It's it's just a fun game. Joe Burrow is good for the NFL. It's cool that the Bengals are a team that we're going to be talking about some weeks in matchups, which we would have never done that the last couple of years. All right, last game. It is my Atlanta Falcons who are 0-2 against the 2-0 Chicago Bears. Somehow the Bears are 2-0. I guess they beat the Lions and the Giants. So that's nothing to write home about. But Falcons They should have lost to the, to the uh, Lions down to Swift. For sure. And then the Giants had a chance on the way back, but they Daniel Jones. So uh, no big deal. Falcons three-point <laughs> home favorites. This game has a 48-point over under, and I brought this up earlier. The Falcons are not a team at home that you need to be scared of. Over the last three years, so since 2017, the Falcons are 12 and 13 at home. So less than 500 record at home shouldn't scare you off. But 
It is Mitch Trubisky, and the Falcons are known for bleeding out points to opposing offenses, although the last two weeks have been Dak and Russ. So is Mitch Trubisky someone you consider? I think the way that you said that is perfect. Um, there was a lot of optimism, you know, oh yeah, Atlanta's getting crushed through the year. They've given up the quarterback one overall finish in two straight weeks in fantasy. Uh, but the inflection there at the end says I'm nervous a little bit. You know, Mitch Trubisky is a guy that certainly is a contrarian tournament type play. But even in this matchup, I don't think he's cash viable because we've seen it before where he just disappears or isn't the same player and turns the ball over too much. So yes, in GPP, sure, throw a little Mitch Trubisky um, in your lineup, but I'm not excited about him specifically uh, this week. Yeah, I think people will look at those fantasy points. They'll see the green next to his name. It'll say Atlanta and it'll say 32nd and yep. people will put him in their lineups and Trubisky is just not someone I want to go to this week. Ryan is a cash game play, but I don't like him for tournaments this week. I don't see the ceiling and just spoiler alert. I actually like the under in this game. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I, I agree. I mean, Matt Ryan, since Dirk Cutter took back over the offensive coordinator position uh, last season, is just lights out. 300 plus yards and or two plus touchdowns in 16 of his 17 last games. So, yes, he's safe. You know, if we're talking like season long leagues, he's like that low end quarterback one this week. That is going to be fine in cash games. He'll get the job done. But yes, I'm with you previously we have been talking about him as a tournament play in the past couple weeks but yeah the bears defense is better than what matt ryan has seen this year i think a cash game play is pretty appropriate yeah we should just stick the letters dk next to matt ryan's name because he's he's just DraftKings almost every single week because that 300 yard bonus is in play but he's more of a cash game play this week and Man, Julio Jones, I feel like every single day I've been more and more worried about his hamstring. It's a situation that I feel like it keeps developing and I keep hearing stuff from Dirk Cutter and whatnot. So by the time this comes out on Friday, you might hear something different. But if he even plays, do you want to roster him? Maybe in a tournament, just because, again, people are going to be like a little worried about Julio Jones. And, you know, will I ever bet against Julio Jones? No, he's fantastic but you know the the concern is real with the hamstring um i just put this out on my twitter I, I retweeted an interview with julio on wednesday where he came out and he said to the media like i didn't feel the same on that touchdown reception i should have had from russell gage against the cowboys if you guys missed it gage took the direct snap and threw what like a 45 yard bomb to julio any other day of the week he catches it but he immediately grabs his hamstring right afterwards and he said i didn't, I didn't run the same way that i usually do um and then you know dirk Cutter's coming out, uh, the, the offensive staff's coming out too and saying, yep, Julio's kind of a week-to-week situation at this point. We'll see how he progresses. So, uh, yeah, I'm not playing Julio in cash. Certainly maybe a lineup or, or two here in GPPs, but I'm not I'm not, uh, you know, going to build around him. And Ridley's price has just jumped through the roof. On Fandle, he's the wide receiver two in pricing, which he has a production, so it makes sense that they would increase his salary. But at 8K, that's just not something I want to pay um each week if julio sits then he will be a super popular play and i get that for cash but uh yeah the, the, i just don't see the ceiling this week i've basically had todd Gurley crossed off you know my lineups he's just not getting any passing work and it's just not something i'm interested russell gage would get another bump and so he's another cash game play if you want to pair him with matt ryan on the other side of the ball uh, any of these wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, no thank you. I've just done with Anthony Miller. Uh, Darnell Mooney, what do you think about him? He yes. caught a touchdown last week. He's your boy. I'm ex- Apparently. <laughs> I'm excited about Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, For listeners that aren't aware, he's a rookie. He's fast, 4.38 speed. He's a burner. And the reason that matters is Atlanta has allowed a league-high uh, of 20 plus yard receptions this year through two weeks so he's a gpp type of play who's going to come in probably like two percent rostered in in tournaments like a great a great tournament long shot um but in week one he was kind of a role player played 32 percent of the snaps week two 60 percent of the snaps so he's out there way more obviously you're not scared of the defense so yeah darnell mooney is a sneaky sneaky type of play this week in uh in large field gpp tournaments 
Yeah, if you want to go Allen Robinson's way, I totally get it. He's getting the targets, so that's what matters. He's getting the air yards. It, this could be the week that he breaks through. I just don't trust Trubisky at all, so it's not somewhere I really want to go. Jimmy Grandpa should not even be in the league. He shouldn't even be on your phone. Nope. He shouldn't even be someone that you could click and actually submit a roster for. So um, I will throw as much Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham shade as I can. Hayden Hurst, though, <laughs> he's he's somewhere, someone on DK that I will play uh, each week, especially if Julio's out. He'll be a beneficiary. So Vegas pick, what do you like in this one? This is going to be really exciting for you. I'm taking Atlanta to cover the three-point spread. They're due for a win, especially after last week. Come on, man. Um, so yeah, give me Atlanta covering the three points. Yeah, I'll take the under and I do think we win this game, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know how close it'd be, but yeah, give me the under let's get into a little battle DFS battle Royale. So battle Royale each week, we choose a site this week. It's going to be DraftKings, and we pick a couple of different categories for us to kind of battle it out and see who has, um, some contrarian, also some different takes on some of these categories right now. Bets is killing me, uh, six wins on, on the go. year. Well, I got three, but, uh, you know, it's week three things change. The first category this week is give me one under the radar stack. In other words, someone that we didn't talk about. So a matchup that we didn't discuss in those five big stackable games. Uh, but somebody you would say this person, this, this group could go off together. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tom Brady, TB12, and I'm going to pair him with Mike Evans. And, you know, Mike Evans is a stud, so maybe you're like, oh, how is this so under the radar? But I don't know about you. I just feel like this entire offense has been a disappointment through two weeks. I mean, you look at what they should have done and what Tom Brady could have done last week against Carolina was a great matchup. But the stat line does not look good because Scotty Miller dropped a touchdown pass. So did LaShawn McCoy. Both of those, you know, he they guys bring those in. And we're talking about Tom Brady in a completely different light here in this matchup. The other thing, he has not played with his two studs, Mike Evans and Chris Goblin, yet this year in the same lineup. And this week, I'm excited about Mike Evans going up against Denver. They have no A.J. Boye. They have no Von Miller. They're giving up a league high in targets, receptions, and yards to perimeter wide receivers. Ooh. So I think Mike Evans is a sneaky type of play. This week, pairing with Tom Brady. It's weird that I would call Deshaun Watson uh, an under-the-radar player, but this week, nobody's going to want to play him because it says at Pittsburgh next to his matchup. But if you look a little bit deeper, Pittsburgh obviously has an awesome pass rush, all right, and they have some sweet corners. But in the slot, they've actually given it up the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, they faced Daniel Jones and Jeff Driscoll so far. So it's been a it's, oh, watch out. <laughs> it's it's been pretty tough, but uh Steve Nelson who's one of their slot corners, he also plays um outside as well. He's been torched already this year and um I just love pairing Watson and Brandon Cooks this week. Fuller might come back, but there's been some worry about him getting limited snaps or you know, Will Fullering, but I love Deshaun Watson. I've seen him on some sites projected to be as low as 1% rostered, Deshaun Watson. Whoa. And, and Watson has the ability to be the QB1 any week. He has that. And last week, people saw him against the Ravens, and they said he did bad. So I will be playing Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks. If you want to jump on the train and win a bag of cash, join me. Uh, <laughs> if you want to retire from your day job, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, if, uh, if, let's move on. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, if we all win together, we'll just quit the pod, we'll log off, and you'll never hear from <laughs> us again. So that'll be totally fine. There you go. Let's do a running back. Let's backs. move on to the running backs, man. I'm going to I'm gonna talk about Joshua Kelly. I mean, at 5K, he is so, so intriguing. I do think he's going to be very popular this week, but for our Battle Royale, that doesn't matter. Uh, at 5K against Carolina, I mean, that defense is one that we want to attack week after week after week. And likely, Justin Herbert is going to start this week, who targeted the running backs more than Tyrod Taylor did. So that's intriguing. But the other thing is, you know, you might say, oh, well, why would you play a backup running back in DFS? Well, he outtouched Austin Eckler last week, 25 to 20, played just two less snaps than Austin Eckler. So this is a full-blown K-1 
committee and Josh, uh, Josh Kelly is seeing a ton of valuable touches inside the 10, inside the five-yard line. So, yes, he's going to fall in the end zone this week. At 5K, he is my value play. Antonio Gibson is only 4,700, and maybe you've heard us talk about him. And honestly, people might be sick and tired of hearing his name. They thought he was going to break out week one. He was a hot name. But I'm going to go right back to him. I don't mind him as a flex against Cleveland. He's taken over that backfield. Peyton Barber had one snap last week. So Antonio Gibson's the guy. I love him on DK at 4,700. He's going to 3X. What about wide receiver? Give me a wide receiver under 4K that you think could do some damage. Yeah, how about Chase Claypool? I mean, you watch this guy play. He is just a huge play waiting to happen. And it's only a matter of time before James Washington is just an afterthought in in terms of that third wide receiver on the field. Obviously, it's Juju. It's Deontay Johnson. But man, every time Chase Claypool is on the field, he is an electric type of player. Taking on Houston, I mean, obviously, the defense is not scary. Uh, Big Ben is playing very, very well. I'm really excited about him in GPPs here at $3,700. I'll take Chase Claypool. John Ross. John Ross, man. In in a tournament, he's going to do one or two of those a year and then just never play again. So I think this could be the week against the Eagles. Hit a long one. Uh, If you want to go contrarian and get him instead of green, um, that's totally fine with the Bengals. All right. Give me a top five tight end bust. Yeah, this was tough this week. Uh, You know, the... The top five are actually all guys I feel pretty good about. So it was kind of tricky to pick one. And then you stole the one that I would have put. So I will go with Noah Fant. Uh, Your choice, so I won't ruin, was my first. But yeah, Noah Fant coming off two great games. But he's going up up against a defense here um, that only allowed Drew Brees to finish as the quarterback 24. And then Teddy B as the, the QB 29. So like they don't allow a lot of passing volume and we're talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks and now this defense is looking at a backup quarterback in Jeff Driscoll so yeah if there's a scenario where Noah Fant doesn't reach his ceiling potentially it's this week this is a week where with tight end you really don't want to pay up other than maybe Higby because off the main slate are Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey because they play on Monday night so you have to think about things differently in terms of who you're playing, I usually like playing cheaper tight ends and saving there, especially on DraftKings where they're just dirt cheap like Jordan Reed last week. But I'm going to go with Darren Waller. He had a huge game. I think people are going to be all over him, but they play the Patriots. And I know what Bill Belichick is really good at doing, and that's taking away your best option. And that's really their best option right now for Derek Carr. So Darren Waller, I can see him busting or at least not returning the value that I want in DFS. All right, last one. Ooh, look at our look at our, who we wrote on here. <laughs> who is your favorite DST under 3K? So on DraftKings, uh, a defense that's a salary saver. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. I'm going to take the Eagles here that are, are very cheap. Again, it's all about volume. If we have a rookie quarterback putting up 40-plus pass attempts in this game, there could be Turnover potential, the offensive line isn't very good, so hopefully the Eagles can pick up some sacks. I like them quite a bit this week um, as a contrarian play. You'll take your Eagles. I will take my Falcons, even though our defense isn't that great. Um, It's against Mitch Trubisky, so there's always room for turnovers and things to get messy. So Falcons, cheap play, 2,800 on DK. All right, let's get in the mailbag. Mailbag. All right, I've just got a couple of questions here, and we're going to go a little bit quicker because some of these are just player takes. And these are players that I picked from people asking us questions uh, that are from games we didn't really cover that much. So I thought it would be helpful just to kind of, you know, pick some of these. So first one comes in from Jeff on Twitter, at YoMTVRaps. He's a rapper. Which Carolina wide receiver should I play? So I'm, I'm assuming he's asking... Robbie Anderson, who's the wide receiver five through two weeks, DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel, a.k.a. the Panthers starting running back. (laughs) I am excited about Curtis Samuel lining up in the backfield this week for probably five to eight carries at least. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, But the answer to this question for me is DJ Moore, and it's a bet on talent type of play. 
This week, he was on the field the most last week for the Panthers. 65 uh, snaps compared to Robbie Anderson at 54 and Curtis Samuel at 51. So, yes, I'll take uh, DJ Moore. I just feel like his ceiling has not even been close to what he is capable of yet this year. So I'll, I'll continue to go with DJ Moore. Yeah, it's DJ Moore for me. Uh, don't get too cute here, but it's at the Chargers who honestly did a great job on Patrick Mahomes this past week. So it's DJ Moore and um, Samuel's fun, but I, I want to wait and see see what happens. All right, what are your thoughts on a Herbert Allen stack? So this news that we're getting that it seems like Justin Herbert is going to be the starter this week. Uh, if you were taking that game, that Chargers-Panthers game, would you stack Herbert and Allen and running back with Mike Davis on the Panthers side. Is that something that you're interested or is it just feel like it's not going to get you there? I do think that's an intriguing stack in terms of Justin Herbert and uh, Keenan Allen. However, if I do stack those players, I don't know that I would bring it back with Mike Davis. I mean, this Chargers defense is really good. And, you know, if we're being honest, Mike Davis is an okay running back. He's not even close to what Christian McCaffrey could be. And everyone coming out here that's like so excited to play him this week, I will not be playing him this week. I, I'm kind of fading him. Um, you know, it's in season-long leagues, like the waiver wire was crazy for Mike Davis. The Chargers are a great defense. So I, I like the stack, but I'm not going to bring it back um, with, with Mike Davis. Yeah, because the story you're having to tell yourself is that if Davis is there, he's getting enough targets. So don't don't take last week's because they were getting killed. Don't take that line. But you're basically saying, how is this game playing out? Like, is are the Panthers getting ahead and then Herbert and Allen, you know, are, are, are having to like catch up? Or is like, is that how they get their touchdowns? Is through Keenan Allen and then Davis is just playing. It's just not a game script that I think works really well. If anything, uh, it's Joshua Kelly would kind of be a better play this week. So, yes. um, I, yeah, I'm probably staying away from this stack. I'm interested to see if Herbert can sustain good production from Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL, but I want to wait and see with that stack. Just not going to get me there, especially in a tournament. All right. Is Jeff Wilson the better 49ers back in DFS this week? And he's comparing Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Wilson Jr. My name is Jeff. Uh, that's the two players he's comparing. So Jeff Wilson Jr., anything other than I maybe FanDuel? You know, it's so tough. I think McKinnon is going to be the, the default cheap San Francisco running back people play. So if you're looking for a contrarian play, sure, maybe he finds the end zone. But, you know, we can't forget, like, this entire team is banged up. Like, it's not the same value as if um, it was still Jimmy G and it was Debo and it was George Kittle on the field. So, like, you know, if just the running back was out and those guys were still in, then yes, Jeff Wilson is a great contrarian play. But I'm not that excited about either of these guys. Um, I, I wish I could help more with the question. I'm just kind of hands off this week, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're hoping that he falls in the end zone twice, which we've seen him do before. Uh, it's just not a guarantee. It's just not something that I would can bet on. And so I just... When we're reaching for these running backs, I want to know that they're getting the workload. Like they are the guy. At least with Mike Davis, you can say like he's the guy. Um, so for this, Jeff Wilson would be a fan duel only at 5,200. And then McKinnon, I think, is a really good play at 4,900 on DraftKings. All right, two more. KJ Hamler. Uh, is he viable at 3K on DK? And 3,000 is the stone cold minimum on DraftKings. So is KJ Hamler the... Broncos rookie wide receiver. Is he viable? I think any wide receiver that's going to play 60 plus percent of the snaps that is that cheap is viable in a tournament. Sure. If you think he could break a long one, you know, sprinkle him in a few lineups. But again, I'm not going to build around him. Um, he is very, very fast and he could get deep for a long one in this matchup. I led, you know, the the Broncos in targets with Jeff Driscoll under center. Uh, with seven last week, which is intriguing. So will that happen again? I'm not sure. It's a dart throw, to be honest with you, in uh, in tournaments. Yeah, and in cash, like if you really want to save a ton and just punt and say, hey, I if I can get 10 points from KJ Hamler, I feel fine, and you're going to fit in the studs. That's I don't mind it at, at 3,000. That's that's how you save a ton. So um, just don't expect him to like kill it for you. I don't really want to stack that game anyways, you know, Broncos and, and Bucks. So uh, he's more of just 
you know, say cash saver. All right. Last one. This is a fun one. I threw in there at the end. Um, if your back's against the wall this week in DFS, and this guy was actually filling out his whole lineup and he was trying to figure out who to play for tight end. Is it Jordan Reed, who was the former rule 86. Now it's rule 81. If, if Kittle's out or the biggest man on the planet, Mo Ali Cox, who are you playing? Oh, that is so tough. I think I'm going to take Mo Ali Cox yes. because he's just so fun. Yeah, the Gigantor. Uh, he's so fun, but he takes on the Jets this week. And, you know, I'm sorry, but if Jack Doyle got the same target share that Mo, Mo Ali Cox did last week, there's no chance Jack Doyle puts up over 100 yards on a touchdown. No chance. He's so athletic. He can get it done. And at this stage of Jordan Reed's career, I don't know what his real upside is. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Gigantor in this matchup. Yes, and the points per square inch on his body is what I really, that's the main metric that I use to to pick my tight ends. <laughs> and his is off the charts. Absolutely. So he's uh, he's someone that I would pick. Uh, the Colts are going to steamroll. They're 10 and a half point favorites. Uh, I probably won't be playing, honestly, either of these tight ends this week. Jordan Reed went up a ton in salary, but... Uh, yeah, they're fun. Mo Ali Cox is fun. I hope he's a thing. I can see him just fading into nothing the next couple of years, but I was a really fun week for him to have over a hundred yards. So, and last thing we want to mention is our DraftKings tournament. So we're doing a tournament for the main slate this, uh, this week, and it's a 75 man, $5 entry. So if you're looking for that, you can join the DraftKings group bets and I will have that pinned to our profile and it's just the first 75 people that enter. So once that enters, it's completely done. Um, and we're really excited to play against you guys. You know, $5, just a little something just to throw in there. And if you're a listener of this podcast, we want to play against you and I want to win. I, I'm, I'm ready. I won't be playing Mo Alley Cox, but um, I'm excited to do that. So bets. Any or maybe you will be, we don't know. <laughs> throwing you guys <laughs> off. All right. You guys have a great week three. Win some cash, and we look forward to talking to you guys. Good luck on week three. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.